0: got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast
1: And with that familiar music, you know you are listening to The Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us and spending your valuable time with us. Today's episode of The Podcast is going to deal with two gentlemen's personal histories, but more importantly, how their journey along the way as being friends led to one of them being indoctrinated into the wonderful world of KISS. How do you turn someone into a KISS fan? Well, maybe that answer can be found. You know, when I was much younger, it wasn't all that difficult to turn someone on to KISS, but we were all 12 or 13 or back in the 70s, whatever age you were, and chances are somebody in your school liked KISS. But nowadays, occasionally, you find yourself working with someone or hanging out with someone, and you say, I love KISS. What do you think of? And they go, ah, I never cared for him. And you just look at him and go, what? How can I be friends with you? Well, today on our show, we're going to introduce you to Craig Cohen and Mr. Jeff Hewlett. Craig, how are you doing today?
2: I'm very good, Ken. You have no idea how excited I am to be on the podcast talking with you and um, the rest of the podcast army.
1: Wow. You think you're
2: excited? Feel these nipples. I, s- I stole that
1: from basketball. Anyway, and Mr. Jeff Hewlett, how are you doing, sir?
3: I am very well today, yeah, thank you. I, I, I am honored by osmosis after listening to Craig's intro there. Wow, big words
1: like gymnasium. Big words <laughs> like gymnasium, so there you go. Um, so, Craig, you've been a podcast listener for how long?
2: Um, a couple years now. Um, I came on board after you guys were up uh, and running, but it was probably when KISS started recording again, ah. so probably somewhere between Sonic Boom, um, and, um, you know, the pre-release leading up to Monster.
1: So kind of when that, uh, Jakudo came out. Yeah, yeah. Which is more big words like gymnasium, but, uh, they're not Japanese, um... But, yeah, that that was an interesting time, and what I remember about that is it was so refreshing to the the possibility of KISS going back into the studio after being gone from it for so long, and the chance of getting new KISS music was amazing.
2: Yeah, and, and the one thing that's kind of interesting for me was I remember being really excited at the idea that Tommy Thayer... Um, was gonna sort of approach it or at least this is my memory of it leading up to the release was gonna approach it you know much like Ace would have and I know over time you know it's it's kind of changed and people argue that Tommy's his own man but I remember thinking it was actually really neat to have somebody sort of try and emulate somebody on record and you know I, I, I love what Tommy did on Sonic Boom um, but I also think it was kind of a cool experiment
1: yeah Um, I I think that a lot of people didn't appreciate it, but then again, KISS fans like to argue about everything, and there are people that loved it and people that hated it. I think that Sonic Boom was a pretty good return to form, and I believe that Monster in some ways was better, but I think that a lot of people get confused when they hear Paul say things like this is this is like classic kiss or something like that I think that what he meant by that is that it is a return to form in the sense that it's four guys going the same direction trying to give you kiss as best as they can but nobody can go back in time and be the guy that wrote God of Thunder and Love Gun you just can't do it exactly what did you think of monster
2: I really, really dug Monster, actually. Um, me and my, my older brother, who sort of really helped get me into KISS, we were able to go to the um, Sirius XM town hall that they had ah, man, right around the, the time of the release. Yeah. And we, we got uh, signed copies of Monster on the way out, and we listened to it on the car ride back from, from, this, from the city. And I remember listening to it, that first listen, saying, wow, this is a really solid rock album. And I said it would be funny if any other band but KISS put this out, it would probably get a lot more attention.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that KISS's music has all... And it's been one of the frustrating things of being a KISS fan. I think that KISS's music has always been prejudged in a way that not every artist is. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I feel that like the Beatles, they could have done anything and people would have given it a shot. But I think a lot of people see Kiss, and all they see is the tongue and the fire, and I want no part of that, you know.
3: Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when did you become a a Kiss fan, Craig? How old were you? (laughs) I
2: I was actually uh, born into it. I was in the womb on uh, December 31st, 1973, when Kiss played the Academy of Music, and my father dragged my mother to that show to see... Uh, the bands that were top lining that, um, you know, either Blue Oyster Cult or or Iggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though my mom spent a lot of time outside, I can say I was at that show. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I sort of always remember the image of Kiss. And my brother is about two and a half years older than me. So as I started to get to the age where you listen to music, you if you have an older brother, you kind of start to listen to what they listen to mm-hmm. and I remember you know looking at the the album cover for like Love Gun and Alive 2 and Double Platinum and just being amazed with the the artwork um, but at the end of the day the music really delivers as well and and that's what really sort of hit me and I remember sitting in my room at points wh- if I was grounded back in the days when you couldn't do anything when you were grounded. If you got sent to your room, now you can do yeah. Now everything whatever you is want. available. But yeah. I would sit uh, with a, with a Kiss record. I would pick a random Kiss record and just go song by song and transcribe the lyrics. So that was really neat. So yeah, I mean, Kiss has always been a part of my life, and there were there were instances where I fell in and out of it. You know, probably like a lot of other Kiss fans. But I was there for a lot of the um, you know on board with them for a lot of the the big the big moments in Kisstory in and through my brother again I was able to uh, be at the Brooklyn Bridge show they did in 96 which was just in a really uh, amazing um, moment and uh, amazing uh, thing to witness which it was really exciting and uh, you know it's it's been amazing uh, the career that that KISS has had and I think any band that's gonna be around that long is going to have the kind of career that people argue about and debate about and have, you know, favorite periods of, which I think is what makes kids really unique.
0: You don't want us to leave yet, do you? All right, because I know, I know tomorrow's a weekday and everybody's got places they got to go, so... All
4: right, if you want us to play a little more, we'll play a little more for you.
1: Brooklyn Bridge Show, it had to be killer to be in.
2: Yeah, well, the, the funniest thing about it was uh, my brother had won tickets to a, a radio uh, contest. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had to get there super early. It was They closed the, the, v, uh, the VMAs, but we had to get there before the VMAs even started. Right. And they weren't showing us the VMAs, so we were uh, sort of herded into this area like cattle. And then we stood there for hours. No porta johns, no beverages. You know, there were, there was you know nothing to do except stand around and wait. You know, every once in a while they would they would cut away to us, and on the screen they would show that they were live with us, so we could react and cheer, and act like we were uh, we weren't uh, you know getting ready to pass out. Um, <laughs> but as soon as as Kiss hit the stage, I mean it was amazing. And then we got the extended you know sort of set that. You know, everybody has has since seen, but yeah, I remember it was it was amazing because I never got to see the original lineup. Uh, my first Kiss show was the Hot in the Shade tour, so to see the original lineup in the makeup and Ace Frilly, um, a couple of feet in front of me um, was amazing because Ace was always sort of one of my two main guitar idols. So. It was just a mind-blowing experience all around, and it was just a really great moment to be a KISS fan because everybody felt, you know, everybody loved it, even if there were people that have since become disappointed that Bruce and Eric sort of went by the wayside for the reunion. But I remember uh, being there in Brooklyn at that moment, there wasn't one person that wasn't excited.
1: Very good. Big question. Freely or Freely?
2: (laughs) I I grew up saying Freely, and I, I know there's been a lot of debate about it, but... I, I, I'm like a leopard. I can't change my spots. Okay.
1: Well, let's <laughs> check out this PSA, this public service announcement about Ace.
5: Every year, tragedy affects us all, whether it be a news reporter, a radio announcer, or an interviewer mispronouncing Mr. Ace Fraley's name. How many times has this happened to you? How many times have you wanted to throw your shoe at a television or kick a radio into a pool? I am Ian Farthington III, and I am here today to speak out on public awareness to properly pronounce Ace Frehley's name. It is not freely, it has never been freely, it never will be freely. So please, while you can, inform other people that it is indeed Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley. It's Frehley, not freely. This message paid for by the committee to make sure that people know Ace Frehley's name is indeed Ace Frehley. Tell someone while you can that Ace Frehley's name is indeed Ace Frehley. It's Frehley, not freely. Thank you.
1: So, you you go through the reunion tour and you... Go through Tommy and Eric and everything, and you bring us up to current times. When did you meet Jeff?
2: Um, I met Jeff through through work, um, and Jeff, we've probably known each other about ten years now.
3: Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier when I was getting ready to come on the show, and I, I'm going to say we met in sometime in 2004. Yeah, yeah, we were on a team together. At work, I mean, we work is at different sites. Is this like a superhero
1: sites. team or, like, the Avengers? <laughs> yeah, a corporate superhero team. Corporate superhero. Well, that's how Iron. That's what Iron Man is, is a corporate superhero.
3: <laughs> yeah, we were on a corporate superhero team to uh, revamp uh, conference rooms. <laughs> and uh, we were actually well, working some, you know, some
1: people fight the Skrulls, and Dr. Doom, you do conference rooms. So, there you go. Yeah. There you go.
3: I think Craig and I worked at different sites. I think Craig was in a a site that was, I think, about a half an hour away from mine. But we were in the same group, uh, in the the same corporate group, uh, the audiovisual group, and uh, somehow uh, they picked both of us to be on this team together. And I, you know, I I have a hard time remembering how we actually became friends through that group, but somehow, uh, be it. Poker, the love of poker, or the love of music, yeah, uh, kind of brought us together. I, probably a mix of the two, Craig. I I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, and I think also we're we're within a couple of months of each other, age wise. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a room full of people that are older um, or younger, um, you know, if you have somebody you can relate to that's your age, um, mm-hmm. you're gonna find that you have a uh, common interests. Good point.
1: But you guys didn't have a common interest about one thing. Kiss. <laughs> correct.
3: <laughs> no yeah not at the time,
1: so how did walk me through the conversation, Craig? You're having this conversation with Craig uh, Jeff, you're probably talking back and forth what music you like, kind of set it up and tell us the story
2: and 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 I want jeff's reaction i I'm trying to think of the the moment I probably revealed myself as a as a kiss fan um you <laughs> it know. definitely
3: wasn't in two thousand four though
2: no, probably not it, it, was it, it way was after. Wa- yeah, it might have been on, you know, one of our... We, 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 we try to go to Vegas um, about once a year, and I remember we drove past the site of the now um, Kiss Monster Mini Golf, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I mentioned in passing how excited I was for the the Kiss Monster Mini Golf because the, the idea of a, a Kiss Mini Golf course is, is just amazing.
1: Yeah, but wait a second. Mm-hmm. To somebody who's not a Kiss fan... They think we are the biggest nerds of all time. <laughs> uh, we are. KISS fans are the equivalent in the music world of what Star Trek fans are in the sci-fi world. Oh, come on. And, and I don't mean that as a cut down in any way. Uh, let's take a look at it. Um, you have different incarnations of KISS. You have your classic. You have your next generation. Then you have your uh, retooling, if you would. You know, mm-hmm. the, the rebirth. The uh, new J.J. J. Abrams KISS, if you will. Mm. So, you have fans of all of those lineups, and we have our own conventions, and uh, we dress up as those people. So, it's not a slam. It's really not a slam. KISS has been very wise, and they've set themselves up in that position, in a sense, of music. So, it's it's not a dig. It's it's a real thing. I really see it. And I'm luckily, I'm a fan of both things, so uh, it's, it's not a cut down. When an outsider might hear, wow, KISS has a mini-golf thing... It's because of the decades of people who cut a person down because of the music they like. Totally. Uh, you get marginalized when you were a KISS fan back in the 70s and 80s, as weird as it seems. It, I think in some ways KISS is more accepted now than ever, don't you, Craig?
2: Oh, definitely. They they are definitely one of those. They've earned sort of the, the respect, or at least they've earned um, an identity in terms of their you know they're like superman or batman or spider-man you know Mm -hmm. you see that makeup and you know it's kiss even if you don't know the music right and 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 people dig that because you know over the over the years it's sort of just been established that when kiss comes into town it's kind of like a circus and everybody has fun and everybody has a good time
1: Mm -hmm. well let me ask you this question you know we were talking about this uh prejudicial view from the world and it's, it's it's not like we're like mutants or a, a, a minority group that uh, is living in fear but it, it really does make you kind of tough in a way being a young kid i remember people i, I mean i love dallas cooper i love black sabbath i love the beatles nobody was coming up to me saying black sabbath sucks nobody was coming yep. up and saying you know whatever it seems like two things were able you could say sucked in the 70s you could say <laughs> disco sucked and then you could say <laughs> kiss sucks and it was like kiss was the coolest thing in high school for a while and then one day something happened and it became like ah that's kids music anyway i don't like that you know whether it was the movie fan of the park or just oversaturation or the fact that van halen and acdc were coming out who knew yeah. but it, it kind of did two things it 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 built an alliance anytime you ran into a KISS fan. Let's say you're at Kmart you see a guy in a KISS t-shirt. You're standing there talking and the wives are standing there rolling their eyes as you two are talking about your favorite album or whatever. So there was an instant kinship in anybody you met that was a KISS fan. The other thing is that you kind of got it into your head that I like what I like and I don't care what you say about it. So there were some really good things about that, you know, that it, it kind of gave us all thicker skins.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, I I would agree with that uh, 100%.
1: So when we see something like Monster Mini Golf, it's not that, I mean, in my mind, I could give two craps. I like to putt-putt golf, but I don't really care. But the fact that it's a KISS one, it's like, yeah, suck it. I was right back in the 70s, and I'm right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So you're excited about Monster Golf, and you turn to Jeff and...
2: Say, man, when that place opens, every time I'm in Vegas, I'm going to it. <laughs> and? Every time I've been in Vegas, we've gone to it. <laughs> yeah, but, what...
1: <laughs> but Jeff, what did you say?
3: I feel so under pressure at this point because there's so many things I want to say to preface this well, then... story before I get All into right. it. All right, well
1: then preface it and we'll work ourselves back to it. It'll be like a Quentin Tarantino film.
3: Oh, great, great, great. I, I, I've been thinking about how I wanted to talk about this story for a long time now, since you first asked us to come on and talk about this. Uh-huh. And uh, one, one thing I want to say before I even start with the story is I want the podcast audience to understand that I was, as a child of the 70s and 80s, I was never, I was never in a position where I didn't like Kiss. I was only ever really exposed to what the radio and MTV exposed me to. Right. So... And- and uh, as far like, as the
1: radio went, it, not much. I mean, you right, right, much right. Had to like things like I'm of course and
3: rock and roll yeah. all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was made for loving you, Detroit Rock City, uh, Lick It Up, stuff like that. I mean, I would hear, and I, I, I can't say that I I dislike them, but I just didn't have any friends who were into them. Right. So until recently, when 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 Craig exposed me to them, I I didn't have any influence. You know, I've always been a, a music a music fan and i kind of differentiate between you know a music listener and a music fan and you know a music listener i guess for me would be somebody who gets in their car turns on the radio and listens to whatever comes on and if they don't like a song they change to another station but you know they don't own a lot of music they're just kind of music listeners but you know i've always been a music fan and i recognize that in Craig as somebody who really sinks themselves into you know, bands or a specific band or a couple of bands, and buys their entire catalog and and almost obsesses over them, right?
1: Right. You you kind of get immersed in the band.
3: Like exactly. You might
1: read a book about them. You might watch the documentary. There's some people that like, yeah, I like the Bee Gees, and that's all that it is to them. Or they like, like the Eagles, and that's all it is to them. But then there's the guys that go and see the shows and go to the conventions and read the books and so on and so forth and they immerse themselves in the album to me it's the difference between somebody that opened up a record and played it and put it back and then Mm -hmm. the guy who opened up the record read the liner notes laid out the double gate fold looked up who the producer was what else they did that's the difference between someone who listens to
3: music and someone who loves music exactly and you as a music fan totally understand where i'm coming from Mm -hmm. and and that's great and you know, I, when Craig and I were were talking about the, the the Kiss mini golf, I understood how much of a fan he was and what that meant to him, uh, because of what my obsessions with my own favorite bands meant to me. Uh-huh. And I realized, like, okay, if he likes Kiss that much, that he's obsessed with them, then I kind of owe it to Craig to give this band a chance. the The Monster mini golf wasn't open at the time. And uh, it would be another, you know, I don't remember how many months, nine, ten months or so before we were back in Vegas when it actually opened up. And uh, I knew how excited he was. And when we went there, we kind of went when it first opened up in the morning and there was nobody in the place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they have in the back, there's like a DJ booth and they're kind of spinning up Kiss tunes, you know, all day long and i'm watching as as we walk in there's kind of like a little mini museum type thing and i'm seeing craig walking around looking at all this memorabilia kind of with stars in his eyes and i'm thinking (laughs) to myself this is what i would be like if i was in a mini golf place for a band that i felt that way about right so uh, i'm in the kiss mini golf and they're spinning all of these um you know kiss songs that i had never heard before Mm -hmm. because i've only heard what's on the radio and i'm I'm thinking to myself, this is not... It's not what I thought that KISS would sound like uh, based on what I, what you're exposed to from people who are either anti-KISS or, uh, you know, the general populace who, you know, I guess talks down about KISS, if you will.
1: Mm. Well, you know, you mentioned some of those singles that you had heard on the radio or MTV. Mm-hmm. What are some that... Uh, Pull to your mind and what would you say Kiss was in your mind like if you could pick another band they like you know whether it be Sticks or whoever like that's more what I thought Kiss would sound like or whatever just whatever just
3: give me your your thoughts yeah wow to be honest I, I don't know what I thought going into it uh, I thought this I guess this is weird but I, I, I thought maybe they were harder mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah uh, I, I don't know what I expected because I didn't really have expectations. Right. Uh, I, I just thought, I guess from, from what I had heard from other people, that they were not good, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I went into it in a neutral way. Uh, not, not disliking them and not liking them. So I wasn't biased really in any way. I just had in my mind what uh, the detrimental things that I had heard from people who were down on the band.
1: But the fact that Craig was so excited about it kind of drew you in. And then when you're standing in this monolith out in Las Vegas, this Mm -hmm. weird little putt-putt golf thing, it it was almost uh, like you were at a temple of Kiss. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was was because, well, because of a bunch of things. Because of my respect for uh, Craig's uh, musical passion, because I recognized in him that he was also somebody who really understood music as a, an art form, right? So uh, we had that connection. And I'm, I'm in this place and I'm seeing him really almost communing with something that he really loves. And that kind of spoke to me in a, in a, a different way. It, it made me open up my mind and say, okay, well, there's something about this that he really loves,
1: I can just picture like Craig like walking around like, oh my God, look at this! It's Gene's boot. Oh my God, come over here! You gotta see this! Look at this! This is from
2: 1976, and oh my God, look at that!
4: That's exactly something, something what it was like.
2: like that. Well, I mean, that place is is really amazing. I mean, we were there at opening. We were there like as they opened the doors. We were the first people in the building, mm-hmm. and no joke, you can spend as long as as you want in the front section of, of of that place before you even start to play golf i mean there is so much stuff there um, you know when you walk in the first thing you see is Eric Carr's porsche and you know they've got stage-worn clothes they've got t-shirts hanging up from just about every tour they got every piece of memorabilia you can imagine so as slow as you want to go you can go through and sort of relive You know, entire eras of the band through um, the merchandise or the photo shoots or the magazines um, or whatever else was going on um, with Kiss at that time. So uh, it really is uh, an amazing place to go, even if you aren't gonna play mini golf. Right. Um, And and they have a little gift shop where you can go in and get some stuff. They did have some, I guess, some rare stuff in terms of stuff from some of the. the expos they did in the '90s, some you know, some stuff that was still signed, and um, you know, it was better than your run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, gift shop in in Las Vegas, right? And it kind of looks like what Podcast
1: Central does here, so <laughs> yes, you know,
2: but but the main thing that I sort of took away from this was, and you had mentioned this on your episode where you had the the, the sleepover with the girls. Oh yes, what a what and a you, fun episode! And you, Hi yeah, girls. Yeah, and, and and this is the approach I took where you mentioned that. Kiss can really be musically whatever you want them to be. If mm-hmm. you if you're into, you know, just uh, you know, down and dirty rock and roll, you can listen to, you know, you know the first album. If you want, you know, quote-unquote heavy metal, you can put on, you know, music from the Elder or Creatures or lick
1: it up or something.
2: Yeah, but I knew that, you know, knowing Jeff's sensibilities, I said, "You know what? I <laughs> the and and, you know, I mean, I love these albums." I said, You know the sort of power pop direction is probably the entryway here to show that there is a lot more going on with Kiss, and then you know you can sort of you know funnel down from there. So you're kind
1: of like the pusher, and you're doing the gateway music, the the gateway album to get him. Yeah, handed to him for
3: that. Yeah.
1: So what was your gateway uh, album of choice for him to check out? What were What were they? It was. was, Well, it was.
2: Yeah, it was Unmasked. I'm and, nervous. Uh, probably easy as, as it seems. Yeah, I'm um, Naked, uh, Naked City. And I, I played him uh, Is That You?
4: Here's a song. This one starts the latest album. A little bit of rock and roll. This one's
0: called. What? <laughs>
3: Craig knows me very well, and he knows my musical taste, so he, you know, picked where he put my entry point at a place where he knew it was the easiest to sway me, I think, or or to to get me started. And I I remember, I think, the first song that, that really resonated with me that he played, I mean, now I remember we're sitting outside of Craig's timeshare in Vegas after we had played mini golf, and he had some KISS on his phone. Uh, as any good Kiss fan would have, I imagine mm-hmm. he had a selection of songs on his phone, and he's hooking it up to the car. We're trying to figure out how to get it to play in this rental car, and we finally get it hooked up via Bluetooth. And he puts on a couple of songs, and I think the first one that really resonated with me was uh, "Sure Know Something." Great. Oh, right, song. yeah,
1: great song.
3: Yeah, that's the one that really. I was like, "Wow, that's Kiss." That kind of shocked me and took me out of. Well, wait, uh, wait. The mindset. Wait, wait a second. Shock me is a different song. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think the, the, the song itself kind of shocked me because I didn't think, I, I, I thought, uh, I guess my, my mind had a pre, uh, uh, a preconceived notion of what they would sound like. And I think that that song kind of took me out of that mindset. It's like, wow, wait a minute, okay. There's something different here than I expect. Wow,
1: that's cool. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on
2: Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The KISS Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's your place for all things KISS and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The KISS Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and
1: minds meet. You got into KISS. Have you seen them live yet? No. No, I have not. Okay, it is... It's just a rite of passage for a KISS fan. I don't care what anyone says. The last time I saw KISS was in 2010. It's It's been a while. Of course, they kind of price themselves out of my range. We've got mm-hmm. a family of five, and I'm not going to spend a thousand bucks to, you know, or go sit in the lawn. So that's my conundrum. But uh, I remember being at the Hottest Show on Earth Tour, just sitting there in, in the third row, and it's just like, this is where it all is right here and it doesn't matter which lineup of kiss it is it's always been chock full of entertainment craig i think you can back me up on that
2: oh yeah yeah i mean there was a a long period of time where you know i didn't see kiss um you know after the farewell tour i didn't see them again until 2012 on the tour oh wow and yeah and uh, i remember that show just being a a really really great and, and exciting show and uh it was really cool to see um, the audience because the audience had kind of changed a lot since the Farewell Tour where you saw a lot of people my age and older bringing their kids to the show, which was really neat, and seeing the sort of new generation of KISS fans uh, that were into the band. And and even my brother, he's brought my niece to a couple of KISS shows, and they'll be at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: this summer to see them again with Def Leppard. And um, it's, it's just really great to see that that is how bands sort of uh, become immortal, you know. Uh, their 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 fans sort of never grow old.
1: Well, when you think about it, uh, I remember Paul talking about during the Dynasty times that he said he'd open up the curtains and you'd see kids, and he'd like, well, what are we Disney now? Yeah. And now they kind of have embraced that in a sense. Ever since the reunion tour, they've kind of like, wait, in a set, in a way, we are like Disney. We're a brand like Disney, and. And we are an American institution that people can come and check out and they can bring their grandkids if they want.
2: yeah, I mean how many times can you share something like that with uh, with a younger person? you can talk about how great it was to see the Beatles or the uh, you know or, or the doors or 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 any of those classic bands that aren't performing anymore um, or anything else for that matter, but when you can share an experience with with a younger person and have them experience it and live it um that's really really special so what was the first album you bought on your
1: own jeff
3: i picked up copies of dynasty and unmasked mm-hmm. at the same time so okay. they they're both at the they're both the quote-unquote first purchase
1: what'd you think of them
3: well i i i love them both i think they're both they're kind of in my own musical wheelhouse i think they kind of fit what i like In music for the most part so I started with those because that's the ones that really resonated with me uh, when Craig and I were in Las Vegas last year and he kind of gave me my first exposure
2: right yeah and Ken this is kind of what kiss 40 is really built for it's built for a fan like Jeff who doesn't have the whole catalog yet and can get a a, you know one-stop shop to get a really good snapshot of what the band is Mm mm-hmm what other kind of music do you like, Jeff?
3: I have a, a bunch of favorite bands, but the bands that I've been the most obsessed with over my lifetime are uh, Pink Floyd, The Monkees, and The Beatles. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I'm uh,
1: I'm with you on those. I love I love all three of those. And Gary, our founder, uh, is a huge Pink Floyd fan.
3: Oh, that's great! So those three bands and and several others. Uh, when I say I'm a huge fan, that means I own their entire catalogs. Right, right. Uh, there are others that are in that uh, that same area of my life, that same uh, musical space of my life, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, but I still own their whole catalog. So, uh, artists like uh, Roy Harper, uh, Todd Rundgren. Uh-huh. Todd Rundgren is is fantastic. Uh, a band called the Clientele from from Britain, who are fan- they're more a uh, little more new, I guess. They're from the the, you know, the late '90s and the two thousands.
1: Do you think Kiss will be a band that you eventually wind up owning their entire catalog?
3: Uh, potentially, potentially. Wow. It really depends on funds. At this point, uh, you know, picking up an entire band's catalog could be a little bit pricey. So I'm doing it piecemeal. Well, um, Jeff,
2: they're putting out the big vinyl box set that comes in a road case. And it's only, what, 1700 bucks, Ken? Yeah, I think oh. you should buy two.
1: One no problem. <laughs> Seriously, uh, I'm going to ask our audience, uh, whether it's on Facebook or on one of the message boards, wherever you hear this, what are the top three KISS CDs that you would recommend for Jeff to be checking out and buying? So we look forward to that. Let me ask you a question, Jeff. What's your favorite Kiss song?
3: Uh, It's a tough question to answer. Probably it's pretty close right now between Sure Know Something and Two Sides of the Coin. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What do you think of Shandy, I have to ask? Oh, I like Shandy, actually. I hope that that doesn't draw me any ire. On, on, on Facebook. Not with me. I'll tell you why.
1: It is a song that I love and cherish. And oh, wow. let me tell you my little unmasked story. I remember there was this girl that I was just gaga over, which is not Lady Gaga. But she was into like things like Seals and Croft and John Denver and stuff like that. Every time I tried to get her to listen to Kiss, she'd be like,
5: that's nice.
1: And it was like, turn off, you know, done. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll really like this. And I put on the second track of Unmasked, not the first, because I thought is that you was like still a little too hard for her, if you would, you know what I mean? And she listened to that whole album and then I went back and played the first song again and played the, the album again and, and it was it was the album that she liked, you know. To me Shandy is such a beautiful song, one of the best written ballads I'm gonna say that Paul ever did, whether whether you consider it a ballad or not. That's debatable, but there's a part in that song that almost makes me cry every time I hear it. Yes, that's right. Big Harry Ken said that, but uh, which sounds like a name of a band. Big Harry Ken is playing at the Enormo Dome this weekend. No, um, it's just pure pop per- perfection for me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play you, uh, believe it or not, here is a bit of Gary and myself on guitar and. Uh, me doing the vocals on a bit of us doing Shandy. I can't believe I'm playing this.
4: Time I find the words to end it, something in your eyes won't let it shake. Here's another mess I've
1: got myself in. When you touch Well Greg, what's your favorite kiss songs? Like pick three because I know uh, one is one is like difficult
2: All right um, going blind okay um, I stole your love Just to be controversial I'll say Domino.
1: Domino oh wow wow well those are three good ones uh, I've always loved going blind. I remember the first time I heard it; it just floored me. I thought, "What a great song!" And I also thought, "What a freakishly weird song." Yeah, because it talks about being ninety-three and she's sixteen, and you know, it' uh, such a weird song. I always thought about like it was a guy in a nursing home who's got a relationship with a candy striper. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the, the thing I really love about a lot of those Gene songs is you know, as silly as some of the lyrics can be like, you know, Log in the Fireplace and, you know, Backbone Slipping and stuff, you have songs like Going Blind where the lyrics really paint this picture that you sort of have to connect the dots for, mm-hmm. um, which I've always loved lyrics that are very, you know, that create images, you know, that's why I, I sort of love, you know, like Ronnie James Dio so much, and I, and I think you know, Going Blind is one of those songs that really, you know, has you create a, a picture in your mind and Everybody's picture is not going to be the same.
1: Well, don't you think that that's, like we were talking about people who listen to music and people who love music, don't you think that that's one of the big things that's missing from people who just listen to it?
2: Oh, sure, because they're, they're, they're not, you know, sort of diving below the surface. They're just, you know, hearing the song and digging the melody or, or the chorus and, you know, not looking for any surface level meaning um, or how the music and the lyrics are working together. Um, or any of that I mean I, I think deconstructing a song is, is, is such an amazing experience and I love having these these immersions where you discover a band or a song or an album and you just play it from front to back over and over again until it's almost like a part of your DNA absolutely
1: Was there ever a time that you I don't know how to say this that were, that you were afraid to tell somebody that you were a Kiss fan?
2: You know what I don't, I don't think so. Um, having a, an older brother who was was into the band sort of validated it for me, if you will. Mm-hmm. And growing up I was always sort of loud and proud and, and, and I, I was the guy in school that you know wore a rock t-shirt every day. Um, so I kind of really you know celebrated the music that i loved and sometimes i was celebrating probably in hindsight the wrong bands you know kiss was always one of those bands that i i supported loud and loud and proud uh... i remember my denim jacket i had you know uh, the buttons with uh... all of the solo album covers Oh yeah. and uh, where i grew up here in new jersey i went to high school at the same high school as john bon jovi uh... quite a few years later and uh, I don't remember ever really getting any flack for being a Kiss fan. I think also um, when I was in high school, Kiss was sort of. They were at that period where they, you know, it was post uh, Crazy Nights and, you know, the Hot in the Shade era. And I think the Hot in the Shade tour was a tour that a lot of people really, really, really enjoyed because the set list was sort of so, uh, you know, steeped in the classics. So. I think at the time that you know I, I probably could have caught flack for liking kiss, um, the general public sort of dug them at that time
1: mm-hmm. makes sense Jeff, did you have to go home and have a sit down with your wife and say, "Honey, there's been a change in my life
3: <laughs> no I, so like I've been a music fan for all of my life my my fiance who I live with it wasn't it wasn't an issue at all, so being being somebody. Who's been a music fan my entire life? She understands that, and, and she's seen my monstrous CD collection. Uh, that's in my quote-unquote man cave at
2: uh-huh. this point.
3: So uh, any music that I bring home, and she's she's a listener, really. Okay. She's not uh, a music fan. She owns. What's her name? Uh, What's her name? Meg.
1: Meg, we love you.
3: Oh, she's she's the best, Craig. You're Craig the knows best, her. Meg. She's an yeah. incredible human being. You're the best, Meg. Uh, She's fantastic. And she supports everything that I'm involved in, even all these crazy podcasts that I'm in now. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, she is willing to listen to things that I bring up. And uh, whether she likes it or not, she's pretty much musically agnostic. Okay. Now,
1: Craig, what is your plan of attack? How are you going to make this guy a more mature KISS fan? What is your plan of attack? Like... Do you, like, go, okay, here's the next three albums we're going to do, and are you going to sit down and, like, explain what the band was going through at that time and so on and so forth? (laughs) Is there a plan of
2: attack? (laughs) Yeah, you know what I think uh, we'll do the next time you're over, uh, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to pop in uh, Kissology, and we're going to watch Kiss at Winterland.
1: I I look at Kiss as being, uh, you know, Kiss... Paul Stanley once said that KISS was a pack of dogs, it's whatever you want it to be, but there's some weird truth to that, in a sense, because to me, my KISS is more the earlier KISS, but I still love what's going on today. There's, there's never been a time, except for around the haunt in the Shade period, that I kind of checked out of. I just i got bored i thought that forever was an amazing single but that album did not light it up for me as a matter of fact it's the one kiss album i've never actually purchased it's been given to me as as a gift the day it came out someone bought it for me but it was the it, it, it has the unique distinction of being the only kiss album i've never bought so i've enjoyed something about all airs of history and of course have you turned jeff on to the fact that like there's Kissmas and history and you know everything is kiss. Did you turn him yeah, onto that yet? Yeah, I
2: mean, uh, you, you know, he's aware of the the lineup changes and the different eras of the band and mm-hmm. you know the I guess the key points in 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 history, if you will. Right. But uh, there's there's a lot more to get into.
1: I can just see it now. Once he knows everything, he's just gonna stand up, say, "This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they treat band member?" to be filled in later that way or you know whatever it is but it's (laughs) so you don't really get butthurt or have an opinion about anything you just take each album as it comes along and that's the band Mm -hmm. same with like pink floyd for example you're pink floyd fan and or the monkeys for example uh there's been times that the monkeys uh didn't have mike with them and there's Mm -hmm. sadly davy's no longer with them now but uh you kind of uh, take whatever comes on that album, and it's weird because yes, Kiss does put the patented design on new members, but those guys still have their faces. Like Pete still has his face. You know, he's like with his wife and enjoying life, and it's not like he's walking around faceless. You know, but uh, the makeup was sold, and people have opinions that it's right or wrong. His his face is fine. Ace's face is just fine. No, no, no need to get upset about it. So, anyhow.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's always been my thing, too, Ken, where, like, when the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing was going on, um, as much as I wanted to see some other members inducted, my thoughts on it were hey, you know what? In 100 years, when everybody that's bothered by this is gone, some kid's going to see that Kisses in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're not going to know which members were inducted and who wasn't because, as it is right now, a lot of people don't know what members of what bands are in. They're going to see Kisses in, they're going to pick an album, they're going to fall in love with it, and then they're going to go through their their catalog without any kind of historical bias, which I think is an amazing way to discover a band.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's cool. But on the other hand, there's some sort of uh, historical context that helps you understand the music they were doing at the time. Which is not to say, like for example, Watergate affected Hotter Than Hell. It it didn't. But I know that for myself, if I were to like discover the Beatles today, it would be kind of bizarre because you know you have something like Helter Skelter and. I want to hold your hand, and you're like, how do those make sense together? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, in the same thing with KISS, but with KISS and, and the Beatles, I, they both have such varied music styles, and it can change from song to song or album to mm-hmm. album. And this is one of the things that I think that you're really going to appreciate as time goes by. Like, right now you're digging... More of the pop stuff and the singles and stuff like that. But as you're coming more into things, you're finding out that there's a really cool diversity. And I love ACDC, don't get me wrong. But uh, I look at ACDC as like a drive-through band. And you want like the greasiest big honking cheeseburger, you go up and order the number two with a Coke, you know what I mean, or Diet Coke, or whatever your preference is. Or. Uh, Diet Dr. Pepper with a KISS yeah cherry. <laughs> uh, but, but you know you're going to get, when you order the number two by ACDC, what you're going to get each time. And they have like a menu of three different speeds. With KISS, you've got Shandy and War Machine. You've got Sure Know Something and Young and Wasted. So you've got those two different types of music for example and and there's there's a all all in between i mean i would also recommend crazy nights for uh jeff wouldn't you
2: oh yeah yeah
1: and definitely parts of asylum i think i think asylum has some great singles on it as well
2: yeah i think that early 80s era or early to mid 80s where you have you know like thrills in the night and who wants to be lonely um and of course heaven's on fire Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's all stuff that i think um would be a, a, you know, sort of a, a great next step for, uh, for you know, Jeff to fall into.
1: And the thing about Kiss's music is you can play it, almost all of it, on an acoustic guitar. It doesn't matter what it sounded like on album, whether, you know, it was a shredding guitar or something like that. There's still, the, the whole root of the song is still a good acoustic tune. And I think that they wrote a lot of their stuff just with that in mind and it it, it it's, I, to me it, it helps sur- it, it helps it survive.
2: Oh definitely, definitely. I remember how great it was to watch the Unplugged special, um, and not worry at all at how those songs were gonna sound.
1: Yeah, you definitely didn't need to check out Unplugged too, dude. It is okay. just amazing. Great stuff all the way around.
0: Okay, here's one. We could really use your help on this. We'll do it as best we can. good luck. We'll see you at the end of this song.
6: We're trying to be a little adventurous.
2: Sure, know something's on there, so uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, that's something that uh, is is right up your alley, Jeff. Uh, and it will be cool to hear that great classic acoustic version.
3: Well, I'm on board. I will definitely check that out.
1: So, are you taking them to see the show or not?
2: Well, actually, we're actually going to be in Las Vegas when Kiss is here in Jersey. Oh. So, oh. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're going to be at a, a, a Star Trek convention. So, uh, <laughs> we're trading one sort of uh, geek except, uh, obsession for another.
1: Right. And I guess this is a good time for us to mention. I was actually on your podcast. Uh, would you gentlemen like to discuss uh, your show in like uh, 30 seconds or less Tell, do a little plug for your show? Oh, actually, yeah. Sure. Thank
3: Craig, you. Craig, if you would give me a second. before I wanted to say for the podcast audience out there, uh, Craig and I were looking at the statistics for our show today. And the show that Ken was on is our number six most downloaded episode
1: Yay. of our show. Ken Rocks. Which
2: is Ken pretty rocks. good. I mean, what, we have 40-some-odd episodes?
3: Yeah, we're about to put out episode uh, 39 this week, and we have eight special episodes. So we're at about, what, uh, 46, 47 total?
2: Yeah, and that Ken episode didn't go up too long ago. So no. what we do is we have a, a podcast called The Tricorder Transmissions, which we're sitting down and we're going through... Star Trek the original series uh, season by season, episode by episode and what we're doing is we're providing commentary tracks so you can bring it up on Netflix or on Star Trek.com or on your Blu-ray turn the volume down turn us up and we'll be talking through the entire episode giving our thoughts and and, uh, feelings on the episode the themes of that episode the people behind the scenes, the people in front of the camera and then we're doing something really special which is Deeming uh, whether it's an essential viewing or not. So, if you're somebody who hasn't gotten on board with Star Trek yet, you can look at our essential list and see what episodes are okay to skip.
1: Yeah. So this way you can get the cream of the crop and the most important stuff to, f- to know what the hell's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then we do bonus episodes like the one we did with you, where we take very iconic episodes. We did Mirror, Mirror with with Ken. And we sort of just do sort of, I guess what's very similar to the the roundtables you guys do here on Podcast, where we just run through the episode and and hit a lot of different points about it, and and just you know uh, expand on stuff we couldn't really get into on our commentary track, and then also bring on great guests like like Ken.
1: So Podcast fans, I'm not going to rest until I have the number one downloaded episode of there. So <laughs> I will provide a link in these shows notes so you can. Uh, click away and click away till your heart's content so there thank you (laughs) I think it's only fair to say that we are also doing a a monkeys podcast which is called zilch so yeah
2: and that that is that is so much fun that was a a a great uh, podcast to be a part of because it helped me sort of reconnect um, with the monkeys you know it sort of you know reignited that that flame inside which is Mm. uh, really cool
3: yeah, let me tell you Ken, I have for for all of my life I've been a huge huge monkeys fan and to be involved in this monkey show with you and Craig is it, a huge huge honor for me and I'm so excited about this project.
1: Well, very good. So, it's going to be part of the podcast network. We have our uh, Cheap Trick show, our Kiss show, the Kiss Room, the the podcast and uh we have your Star Trek show, so pretty much if you're a geek of something, you know, it's out there and it's part of everything. And there's also the Decibel Geek, our brothers uh, on that show. So check everybody out. Uh, well, in closing, what would you like to say about your fandom that you haven't had a chance to say, or something you'd just like to say before we
2: go? Wow. Okay, this is this Great. is amazing. Like I said, Ken, I. I i am uh, so honored uh to be on the show um having listened to podcast uh for as many episodes as i ha- i have it's it's really cool to me, uh to now be a part of that history and uh i think or, what you or guys... wait wait yeah. yes podcastry. and yes. i i think what you guys have done here is is really amazing and really special and uh really a celebration of 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 kiss and that's the one thing that I sort of really want to focus on is that Kiss fans are so much um, more fun when they're united in the things they love about Kiss, opposed to when they're um, arguing. Um, I know here in New Jersey we have the the Kiss Expo, and that is really a, a great experience. And you know, meeting some of the people I've I've met at that Expo and just seeing all of the people that are excited about kiss that's really sort of the the aspect of being a kiss fan that i try to focus on is you know remembering that you know after it's all said and done there are, are a lot of people out there that were touched by this music and even when you're arguing you know that you're arguing with somebody that loves some aspect of kiss as much as you love some aspect of kiss absolutely um, that's really, you know, what what sort of makes Kiss fandom special to me is we can be united and, and divided at the same time. And I'm, I'm not sure there are many other bands like that.
1: Well, again, you marry the Star Trek uh, comparison. Yeah. There are some people, for them, next gen is the way to go. For some people, original only. Some people just like the new stuff. And so it's all it's all good. Jeff, yeah. what, what would you like to say?
3: Wow. So I just would like to say that I uh, I feel very honored to have been part of this uh, just for the sake of, uh, of of being here with craig and knowing how much he loves kiss and how much he loves your show and I, you know i i've only really just kind of dipped my toe in the water of kiss so I, i'm maybe i'm not the most qualified person to be here but i'm really happy that i've been here to witness uh, craig being on the show that he feels so close to talking about a band that he loves so much. It it's really, uh, gives me a really great feeling that I could be here with somebody who's been uh, a good part of my life for, for many years.
1: We are the KISS Collective. Prepare to be assimilated.
2: Resistance
1: <laughs> is futile.
2: Nice. <laughs> you could almost do that in the Gene
1: voice. Oh, I'm going to. Hold on a second. We are the KISS Collective. <laughs>
3: he can't do it without laughing.
1: <laughs> my wife just said, oh my god. Um, what What is the line again, guys? We are the Kiss Collective. Resistance is futile. Resistance is
2: futile, yeah.
1: We are the Kiss Collective. Prepare to be assimilated. Resistance is futile. That's a big word. Like gymnasium. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. So... Well, you know, some some KISS fans might go, Man, this this episode's not about, like, the Lick It Up album or something, dude. But, to me, KISS, at some point, it's just a band, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the greatest soap operas in rock history. But what really ties it all together are the fans. So this is some fan stories. And uh we tell them every month here on the podcast we tell them every time you turn on the kiss room or every time you turn on history science theater this is what the show is uh the band provides the soundtrack we're the people that make it something so there you go that Um, was
2: that was beautiful ken i know it sure is
1: pretty But, uh, well, thank you for being on the podcast, gentlemen. Uh, Everybody check out the tricorder transmission if you are a Trekkie. Or you want to make that number six downloaded episode the number one downloaded episode. You know what I'm saying, guys. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show, gentlemen.
2: Oh, Thanks again, Ken. Thanks.
1: And thank you for listening to the podcast and spending some of your valuable time with us. See you next time.
6: And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkiss.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes.
1: If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at
6: podcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too.
1: Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land.
6: And as always, a big thanks
1: to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Criss,
6: Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it podcast is not affiliated with kiss or any of its members past or present on behalf of myself ken and the whole rest of the podcast crew thank you for listening to podcast the kiss fanzine for your ears
1: number six huh
2: i guess i'll have to live with that for now (laughs) well listen that's that's pretty amazing considering um you know how you know how new the episode is and we've also had um we made friends with some of the folks over at the now defunct um, Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. we did a, a a special episode devoted to the the experience, and we've also had them on a couple of times, and they bring a lot of listeners with them so uh, so uh, the, we, we got a really good good turnout and, I, and I'm sure you will be number one uh you know this time next month. It will be done.: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so.
1: We are the KISS collective, prepared to be assimilated. Resistance is futile. That's a big word, like gymnasium. You are listening to the Pod KISS Network. Zilch. Zilch.
3: Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast.
1: That's right, gang, you requested it. Finally, a monthly monkeys podcast is coming your way. Follow us as we discuss the adventures of Mickey, Mike, Davey, and Peter. That's right, the monkeys. Take some time out of your busy day and monkey around with us. So join us on Zilch, the podcast full of monkeys.